using outsourcing to serve more people, going viral on TikTok, and a simple formula to create a course online. Welcome to episode 33 with quarterback, YouTuber, and content creator, Brock Johnson. You are listening to Len Jones Party of Two, where experts and influencers speak honestly and openly about their keys to success. Sponsored by Trueface.ai, where your face is the key. For more information on Trueface, please contact your host at ian at trueface.ai. Now, pay close attention, because you're going to learn today. Aha! What up, party people? You already know it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. But it's hard to have a good day when you're so busy doing the dailies that you forget to make time for doing the things you love to do. The ability to manage your calendar and control your day is crucial to optimizing your life for maximum effectiveness and performance. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold. To educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come-up stories of incredible humans by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life. And second, to have all my friends in my life making moves, to meet my other friends in life making moves, to create one giant community of extraordinary people. So something that separates people from making moves and people just doing the mundane is their priorities. Their daily actions will be a direct representation of your priorities. Today's guest, Brock Johnson, is a phenomenal example of someone that's just got their priorities down at a very young age, which is super rare. As a full-time quarterback, podcaster, YouTuber, content creator, Brock is pretty busy. So I was really excited to talk to him and learn what he does to balance life's buckets while creating a machine that is constantly making moves towards the goals of where he wants to be. In this episode, Brock speaks about the process to create an online course, how to stay one step ahead of your audience, how the ability to outsource has allowed him to serve more people, effective strategies to free up your time, and how to leverage new social media platforms to get that first mover advantage. Brock smashed this podcast. And I know this this is one that I'll be leaving you smiling and taking actions towards your goals. So if you find some brain berries in this episode, then you owe it to your friend to share it with them. I mean, who knows? Something he says might change life forever. Our goal here, as always, is to spread the love and have you all making moves to realize it is possible. So without further ado, let's jump into it. All right, Shake and Bake, we are live. We are out here, baby. We are here with the man. We're here with Mr. Brock Johnson. Brock, how are you, man? I am so awesome, and I'm fired up to be here. Really, really fired up. Dude, you just gave us the greatest preview. We just jumped on an Instagram live together. What an awesome yep. time. That was so much fun. Definitely the most fun I've ever had on a live video. <laughs> Yeah, the beard gang over here is strong, so... Very strong. Lesson for the day, grow a beard if possible. If not, you know what? It is what it is. But, guys, stoked. Stoked to be here another day, another day, bringing out something that could really change your life. I mean, in all seriousness right now, you know, if you're listening to this, there is something that you've been dying to do. There's something that's been at the tip of your tongue or something you're scared about, and something's been holding you back. And our goal of this entire talk and this conversation is to make you realize how quickly you can turn that goal into a move and that move can lead you down an epic pipeline of exciting stuff so i mean brock i'm stoked about you i'm not going to go too much into the intro because i'll intro you in the early thing but first of all how old are you bro i am 21 i'll be 22 in two weeks insane (laughs) and you're currently a quarterback correct you play football I play quarterback here at UC Davis. Yep. Did you, was that like your first choice of school? Uh, 
not so much. My first choice of school probably would have been like USC um, or Michigan State, but you know my parents didn't uh, pay for a new wing in the library, so I <laughs> the old cheating scandal. I didn't get uh, let in. Uh, but no, actually, kind of crazy long story. I started out at Georgetown University um, and then ended up transferring here to UC Davis. And I've been here for about two and a half years now and absolutely love it here. Did you instantly like hoe me out with everybody on the team or was it like some like rookie stuff and it's kind of hard to earn the respect of people or were you just come in like like star quarterback? Yeah, you know, honestly, this is this might be a little bit of a surprising answer, especially uh, for some of my audience who might be listening right now. Um, and that was that when I first got here, I wasn't really that social. I didn't really make very many friends, um, because I was originally at Georgetown, which, uh, is across the country from where I live, East coast to West coast. When I came back here to UC Davis, I was suddenly only about an hour's flight away from home. So that first quarter that I was here, I really went home quite a bit. I was enjoying, you know, like being able to so easily visit home, hang out with my parents on the weekends, hang out with my my friends back home. So I didn't make too many friends here early on. But now, oh my gosh, I have this group of like 12 friends who every single one of them is interchangeably my best friend on the planet. And as I said, could not be happier. Amazing, man. And something that really catches my eye about just your journey is, you know, being so young in the field of entrepreneurship, you know, speaking on stages, um, holding yourself and, and carrying yourself so well. Some of my biggest mentors talk so so proudly and lively of you. And it's it's really cool to see that you're juggling so many things at once. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, most people, you know, that are potentially out there will have a, a normal job and then some people might have kids and some other things. And a lot of these things become excuses as to why they're not executing on their goals and their dreams. Now I don't know too, too much about college athletics because I myself wasn't a student athlete in school, though the ones I did know said they, I got no time, man. I'm always at practice. Like, (laughs) you know, they're, they're, they're drinking or partying if they're not working out, but you seem to have found a way to, um, number one, create consistent YouTube videos, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I believe, um, create, uh, have videos in advance so that everything's up and running. You're able to, you know, blow up this platform called TikTok, which we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. And you're able to do podcasting all while being a full time student and having a social life. Like, how does that how does that intertwine? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it starts off with my priorities. And I think that my priorities are different uh, than than a lot of my my fellow student athletes. I think that a lot of my fellow student athletes are in college to have a good time and, you know, play ball and and meet a, meet some young ladies. Uh, but my priorities are different. And actually, when I first got to college, um, I had this kind of like burden, uh, <laughs> burden. I had this kind of guilt or burden on me um, that was basically like I felt bad uh, that I was taking from my parents. They were providing me with the opportunity to go to college. They were paying for my tuition, my housing, my food. And I felt kind of honestly overwhelmed by that blessing and so I wanted to provide for myself. I wanted to be able to buy my own groceries, pay for my apartment, uh, pay for my tuition and and my my own gas and all these these things. So the only real way to make that happen was to create my own business. And so back three years ago, my freshman year at, at Georgetown, I launched my first ever business and I failed so many times since then. And I've rebranded and I've changed and I've listened to my audience. 
but I've continued to grow my business and it's continued to be a priority to me until now today I can say that I am totally uh, financially independent from my parents. I am, I've severed that umbilical cord. Uh, I can provide for myself and really anytime uh, I'm looking at something that's come up in my schedule, whether it's a potential podcast interview or a potential party to go to on total opposite ends of the spectrum, I just have to ask myself, is my time and my energy aligning with my priorities? And if they're not, one of the two has to change. So either I have to change what I'm making a priority, what's important to me, or I'm going to have to make a change to my schedule. And usually um, it will be the change to my schedule or the change to my energy because I think that finding balance is is absolutely important, but sticking to my priorities is is huge for me. And I will I will say this, I will say this. It makes it seem like I'm doing a million things at once. And even though I am a pretty busy body and, and I do enjoy uh, running errands and, and staying active, it would not be possible if not for a team. Uh, and, and my team is my virtual assistants. I have virtual assistants who help me edit, who help uh, me produce my podcasts, my YouTube videos. I have, I have people helping me schedule posts. So I don't do this alone. And absolutely, I'm kept sane by my literal team, my teammates and my friends here. So it's a group effort. I'm not doing this on my own. Um, and for anyone who's new to the entrepreneurship world or new to owning their own business or, or is looking at people uh, like me or anyone else online for that matter and comparing and saying, gosh, it seems like they're doing so much. I promise you they're not doing it alone. And the best, uh, the best decision I've ever made in my business was outsourcing and hiring help. Without a doubt, the best thing I've ever done for me was hiring people who are better than me at certain things to help. Learning leverage at that age is incredible because I know personally, like for this podcast alone, I would love to have podcasting help. But for me, I'm such a perfectionist and I'm still on that thing where I do it all myself. But that's probably going to change in like the next week (laughs) or so because we're getting rolling. But, dude, I loved what you said is that your time and energy, does it align with your priorities? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think a lot of people even myself at times, don't take enough pride in your priorities. You know, Mm -hmm. what is it that you want every day? What is it that you're trying to succeed? Something that really impacted me hard is you mentioned in college how sometimes you're, you're between going to a party or doing a podcast and you're asking yourself, what if? We had a, a guest, Daniela Fernandez, on here. She's 24 years old, uh, heads the SO Alliance, Sustainable Ocean Alliance, which is the largest youth-led group of people fighting for climate change in the world. She's spoken, wow. on be- um, uh, she's spoken at the UN on behalf of climate change. She's running a, uh, tech accelerators that are building businesses that are cleaning up the oceans. And one of the things she said at the end of it was, I asked her, what would you have told yourself if you were, say, a a 18 year old right before you got Mm -hmm. into college what would you would have whispered and what she said was i really wish i knew and followed who i knew i was earlier because she said she would go to Mm -hmm. these parties she would do this thing and she'd always feel weird and she never was really happy but she was just doing what everyone else was doing following the crowd not following herself so i think i think all of us need to really just get dialed in on that and you talk about these virtual systems that's exciting um, mm-hmm. what prompts you to start doing that? And that in itself is an overwhelming task and challenges your leadership and ability to communicate effectively because your money's on the stake. What yeah. has been the biggest learning points you've learned with building a solid team? That's absolutely huge. And uh, I think you're spot on with that. It is scary. It is so scary 
to relinquish control and give up piece of your business. And the perfectionism thing, that's real. That hit home with me. I have gone to therapy many, many years to deal with, with the idea and the struggles that I have with perfectionism. And so giving up pieces of your business is challenging, absolutely. But it allows you to do a few things. First of all, and this is this is studies have shown this time and time again. And in fact, I've noticed this way more than the stat I'm about to give you. And that's that for every dollar you invest in your own business, you get seven dollars in return. For every dollar you invest, you get seven in return. And I can tell you personally, every dollar that I've invested in my virtual assistants has come back 20 times more powerful. And I think it's because even though it won't be perfect and it won't be exactly how you would do it, it might be better, but more importantly, it allows you to serve more people. It allows you to connect with more people. And in my in my specific case of podcast editing, YouTube editing, scheduling content, those aren't my, my go-to loves. Like I don't absolutely uh, crave the idea of editing a podcast. But because someone else does, someone else has that expertise, I can provide them and their family with a living to help me out. And I can focus on what brings me the most joy. I can focus on being creative or focusing on my own skill set and my own uh, strengths and my own things that I can really use to serve serve a, a brighter, uh, broader uh, array of people and help more people on this planet. And so by relinquishing some control and by asking for help, you're able to serve more people. Where are you looking for these assistants? Where can I, where, where's the first places you'd look? The first place, I have a few different ones. If it's a quick, simple task, like designing a logo, uh, maybe redesigning a website, something like that, maybe some simple coding is Fiverr. That's F-I-V-E-R-R. -R. So five with two R's, Fiverr. And that's really simple. It's all uh, simple one-off tasks, freelancer jobs that are all in increments of five, 10, $15. So that's a quick and easy one. That's an app that I have on my phone. I go to it all the time. Another one that I use to find my YouTube editor is freelancer.com, freelancer.com. I found my, uh, my YouTube editor on there. I found actually tons of different YouTube editors on there who I did different trials with. Uh, I interviewed them all over the phone and face to face, saw which ones I got a connection with. Um, and then from there, I ended up giving three of them. Uh, this is kind of the, the process I followed. I gave three of them a simple task like, hey, edit this intro for me. Three of them responded uh, with, with, with their own version, their own unique interpretation of the intro to my YouTube video. Whichever one I liked the best and whichever guy I had the best communications with, that was the guy I hired. So uh, we're still working together today. His name is Roberto. And I tell you, I actually do enjoy editing YouTube videos. It was kind of how I kind of got into this whole video thing. Um, but Roberto is off the chain. Roberto is the man. I can send him like 10 raw uncut videos and he'll edit them perfectly. He, he, he goes above and beyond his pay grade. Absolutely. So he is awesome. And then the third resource that I've used uh, to find virtual assistants specifically is online jobs. And I like going on onlinejobs.ph, that's for the Philippines, uh, because I've just found that there's a great um, American to Filipino uh, belief system connection and values connection and lots of like family ties, really very uh, loyal, honest, trustworthy people there. Um, so I, uh, my old virtual assistant is from the Philippines. She's absolutely awesome. Worked with her for about three years. 
Um, and so that's onlinejobs.ph. And my virtual assistant, she really did pretty much all tasks for me, whether it's replying to emails, setting up my website, uh, scheduling and posting posts, things like that. So I highly can't recommend it enough. Highly recommend outsourcing as much as you can in your business. Amen. Yeah. I, I so a couple outsource things. You know, I used Fiverr to create the introduction to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, searched for a bunch of people's voice, found what I would consider a relatively sexy, fun voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, she crushed it. And it's cool. I got the same graphics for my stuff on Fiverr. And it's crazy how quickly you can outsource these things. One thing I don't do good enough is I end up going with someone before vetting them very well. And that's something that you've really inspired me to go back at this. And I'm going to have you hold me accountable. Um, I'm going to put it in my phone to make Good. sure that you do um, because I, I need to outsource this thing because there's so many people I want to yeah. talk to. And I just don't have the time to spend three hours making this thing perfect. So yep. you're my you're my inspo, Brock. But dude, <laughs> Good. so you're doing the school thing. You're doing all these things. And you're just well above your years in terms of online marketing. Being an online marketer in this world, you can literally work remote travel ever. Uh, So I lived in Medellin, Colombia, and I was able to do that because I was able to work online, build a business online. Um, For a lot of people, that's through direct sales because it's just an easy way of getting involved. But for others, it's building a blog, it's drop shipping, it's building something that provides value. Brock, Mm -hmm. you are the example of someone that's building value building an audience, and then you can then provide tools to those audience. One of those tools that I found fascinating is this course you just created called TikTok course. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. TikTok, I don't know too much about TikTok, but can you give us the story of where TikTok began and, and the how you are absolutely blowing up on this thing? <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So I'll give a little background. Uh, and if, if you're listening and you don't know what TikTok is, psh, I don't blame you because honestly, I didn't just a few weeks ago. If you've heard of the old app Musical.ly, Musical.ly became TikTok. And basically... Uh, In a nutshell, what TikTok is, it's a social media app that allows you uh, to produce like 15 up to 15 second videos with music playing in the background. Um, And then the uh, you can either like sync it up and do lip dubs like lip syncing with the music or you can dance to it or you can actually just record your own 15 second video on your own with your own personal speaking audio or whatever it is. So uh, that's basically just in a nutshell what TikTok is. I got on TikTok because of all the dancing. I, I love dancing. I always dance on my Instagram stories. It's a fun, creative outlet for me. I can just kind of goof around a little bit. So I was like, heck, I'll go on TikTok. I'll check it out. I posted a few videos. They didn't really get any traction, just kind of playing around, messing around, having fun one day. And then uh, my best friend and I, we posted a video of us doing our little handshake and it went viral. It now has over 1.5 million views. So the next day when I got in the locker room, all my teammates had, had uh, seen that video and they're like, hey, we want to make one too. So we made a video that day and that video now is over 5 million views on TikTok. And since then, uh, I, I've grown a huge following on TikTok. I'm just over 100,000 followers now. Uh, I'm continuing to post videos, mostly dancing content. But what I saw that was really cool was just that it's a new app. Um, and the the potential to go viral on it, the potential to grow a ginormous following is bigger and I think it's easier than it would be on a lot of other platforms. There's less white noise on TikTok as of right now. There's less people, you know, in whatever niche you're in, there's less people on TikTok than there are um, on Instagram. So I thought that was a really cool opportunity to, to serve 
And because I had done this so easily and because I has I've now grown my my Instagram audience from my TikTok audience, I thought, how can I help people with this? Because people are asking me all the time uh, now that I've gone viral, like, what is TikTok? How do I use it? How can I go viral and start growing my Instagram from my TikTok as well? So I decided, heck, you know, like, let's do it. Let's create an online course, super quick, super simple, teaching people everything they need to know about TikTok, how to use it as just a normal consumer, how to use it as a content creator, and then also how to go viral on TikTok, like my top tips for going viral. So, you know, we were talking about, you said your goal for this podcast is to show people that they can turn their goals into actions quickly and they can see results quickly. Like it is possible. I created this entire online course in three hours from inception to full recording, full graphics, full course design, everything, pricing, sales page, all that stuff was created in just three hours. So I created that and that was actually last Saturday night. That was what I did on Saturday night. Um, created that course. It's called Teach TikTok. And it's on teachtiktok.com and it's super cheap. I'm just selling it for $7.99. Um, and it's just a way for me to to help some people out, serve them a little bit more and maybe help some people go viral like I did. Yeah, dude, you're speaking like a true marketer, you know, <laughs> you know, like on your on your videos, you're so goofy. You're having fun. You're just like, you know, like this, this dude, like, look at this, <laughs> this freaking dude. But you're coming at it so strategically, like, wow, you saw this, this platform and you're just utilizing it the right way, which is a huge key. Um, I'm curious with your natural ability to just have fun. You seem like mm. you mentioned in our Instagram live we just did that you naturally are just dancing and having fun. I saw the one video, which is hilarious. I've seen, I've watched it a few times. You posted it. It's like you with your whole football team behind you just being like. Yeah, yeah. So did you just coordinate that? Were you like, all right, dudes, we're going to do this all together. And everyone's like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. And was like, was that just like the first take or how, how did that work? That one was the first take. And it was literally everyone saw that me and my friend had gone viral the day before. And everyone was already kind of talking about it and knew what was going on. So after practice, I ran around the locker room and yelled, who wants to be in the TikTok? Who wants to be in the TikTok? And then half the guys were like, what's a TikTok? And then the other half were like, I'm in. So they all just jumped in the video and I said, here's what we're doing. Stood up on a chair and I yelled, here's what we're doing. We're just going to swing our hips from left to right. Follow my lead. Let's do this thing. We set it up and uh, 5 million views later, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. That's inception yeah. to reality right there. Oh, yeah. Boom, you took an idea and you made it happen. And that's one of the most empowering feelings for entrepreneurs. And you, listeners, if you haven't started a business or have never been in a business where you would consider yourself an entrepreneur, I think that even if you just have an idea and you execute on it, in a sense, you're kind of like an entrepreneur. So if you have an idea to go shopping, go, you're, you're an entrepreneur. You know, people don't give themselves enough credit. They just always talk so negative and down on themselves. What are your yeah. thoughts on building yourself up? Like, do you have days that you're mm -hmm. super down on yourself? I mean, you know, you obviously have like a, you mentioned you have a supportive family, you have great friends, mm -hmm. but are there days where Brock is just like, I can't do this. I'm done. What's going on? And then what do you do to get yourself out? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I think that we all experience days like that. Um, and I think that our emotions are deceiving. You know, who can really ever know their heart? I have a tattoo on my shoulder that's kind of relating to this topic. But I absolutely have down days. I absolutely have days where I'm not feeling Instagram or I'm not feeling podcast or I'm not feeling YouTube. Um, but I like to, in those days, focus more on who I'm serving and on my audience 
rather than myself and, you know, the weirdness or the offness that I might be feeling that day. And then there's this kind of analogy I like to use. And it's, you know, out in my living room, there's a clock on the wall. And all day long, that clock is ticking. It's just it's making that audible ticking noise all day long. And if you're sitting in there and you're real quiet and you listen for it, you can hear it. But for most of the time while I'm out there, if I'm, you know, cooking or or making food or hanging out with friends, whatever it may be, um, I don't hear the clock. My brain has le- learned to just tune it out and not pay attention to it. It's there. It's making the noise. But my brain says, ah, it's always going to be there. Forget about it. It's kind of like your breath. Like sometimes you, you realize you're breathing. It's like, whoa, I am breathing. Like you can actually feel the breath and you're thinking about it. And then it's like, oh, how do I stop thinking about it? And eventually you do. But I think that there's a parallel between our breath and that clock ticking on the wall and our own greatness or our own expertise. And so I think it's really important to metaphorically hear your clock ticking on the wall. Pay attention to your own breath because so many people tell me all the time, you know, my life is boring. My life just isn't that exciting. Ah, I don't have that much to offer the world, but I don't think that's true. I think that we all have been given so many blessings in our life. We all have so much of an expertise, a story to tell. Uh, We all have greatness inside of us. And sometimes it falls on deaf ears because we live with ourselves. We live with that own greatness. So I think it's really important to hear your clock ticking, pay attention to your metaphorical breath and realize that you have greatness that needs to be shared. So on your down days where you're like, ah, I just don't know if anyone really cares about me or I don't know if I'm all that special or if there's anything really cool about me, recognize that there is a lot of magical things that are inside of you and the world needs to share it. You deserve to share your expertise with the world and the world deserves to hear you. Boom. Preach. There it is. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm curious to learn how your your you mentioned these virtual assistants, but really your daily method of operations in the sense of like when you create content for YouTube, are you creating like uh, two weeks of content at once and you look at it like that? Yeah. So then you just take all those clips, send them off so that it, really you're just consolidating a ton of time. Yeah, honestly, uh, batch producing content is huge for me. Instagram stories. I focus on documentation rather than creation. So Instagram stories are all produced in the moment for me. Uh, but on Instagram, a lot of that content is produced maybe once a month. Uh, so if you actually look at my Instagram, you'll notice that I'm kind of wearing this same white t-shirt with a little smiley face in it in a lot of my photos. And that's because a lot of my photos were taken on the same day. So I like to batch produce my uh, photos and videos for Instagram and then YouTube as well. I will try to record a month's worth of YouTube videos in one day. So for me, if I'm uh, releasing two videos a month or two videos a week, excuse me, that's eight videos per month. If I can uh, record eight videos in one day, usually for me, that one day is a Sunday. I will do that. Uh, I'll plan out kind of just like a general outline of what I want to record and what I want to say. Um, and I'll batch produce that content and then release it over the month so that, again, I can seem like I'm that uh, that busy or like I'm juggling all these balls at once. But really, I'm doing nothing for 29 days out of the month except for reminding my Instagram stories audience that, hey, there's a new, a new YouTube video out. But really, all of my work is done one day a month when I'm batch producing that content. Amazing. Dang. Woo. Let's go, baby. We're getting Let's into go. it. We're getting these ideas <laughs> churning. The- oh, yeah. Freaking the, the young Jones is going to finally figure out YouTube. You know, my, um, I love YouTube. I love it. It's the best place that I've seen out of all the content creators 
I've seen that are crushing it, a lot of them get their followings from YouTube. Mm-hmm. So like Instagram is feed is fed by YouTube. Uh, yeah. Good example is Mike Rosa, um, half a million subscribers, good buddy of mine. He's recently just hit 100,000 on his Xerprise app. He just has been putting fitness videos out every day for the past three years. And now he just gets people coming and coming and coming. Mm-hmm. Another example, Tanya Eliza. She has videos all over every week. She's consistent. She does videos. Now people discover her online. They find her on Instagram. Boom. You know, same thing with Facebook. It all comes back to the central hub. Every yeah. time, and first of all, guys, every time you listen to one of these podcasts, you're getting one little nugget that's going to actually make a change in your life, right? Yeah. One of these ideas is going to hit you in the heart and you're going to make moves on it. So I just like that badge producing, using your time, condensing time frames, and not overthinking it. Do you ever just overthink the crab out of it with these things? Like, is that something you had to get over? Absolutely. Um, I think it's a process to learning to overcome uh, that overthinking. And a lot of my early videos are sloppy and messy and poorly produced. But I think that's important. I think that it's important to start sloppy or to start messy or to fail fast and fail as often as you can. Because someone who starts and fails is light years ahead of someone who never got started at all. Someone who starts sloppy is way ahead of that person who spent years trying to make it perfect before they got started. If you try to make things perfect, you'll never get started. So a lot of my early videos are really sloppy and really messy. But one of the things I'm most proud of, and this probably came from from years of brainwashing from my entrepreneur parents, is that I just put it out there. I released it. I started my courses. I launched before everything was perfect. And so that allowed me to get audience feedback and to grow and to improve upon my videos while I was already growing and after I had already started. I love that. that. So get your your stuff launched. Because like for me, for example, I was asking uh, my my man Cesar Rodriguez, who's on the call, you know, I want to create a course. There's some courses I want to make, you know, building your brand and, and stuff like that. One thing that I know that I could create a course on is how to make a great podcast. Uh, for example, you know, what is your structure when it comes to creating a course? What are you thinking? Are you thinking about it in like beginning in five chapters and you just map it out and then you simply just mm-hmm. just write it all out on a document and then just execute into five videos and then make the website and you're good? Yeah. So for me, and I think I have a little bit different take on this than most course uh, creators. Most course creators are pricing their courses at two or three hundred dollars, four or five, six, up to two thousand dollars for courses. And actually, I was on the phone with um, an influencer the other day who was telling me, dude, you know, you you should charge more for your Instagram courses like they're really good. You should charge a couple hundred bucks. My courses are all fifty dollars or less. And that's for a reason. When I design them, I design them with the number one problem people have with courses in mind. And that is that they buy them, they watch a couple videos, and then they never come back to it. They never actually finish. So sure, as a course creator, you could charge 200 bucks and then say, ah, who cares about my audience? I got their money, it doesn't matter. It's on them to learn it. I want my audience to learn what I'm teaching. So whenever I create a course, I try to make them short, simple, and straightforward so that you can learn them in a weekend or in a couple hours or in one late night grind session. I try to make them um, easy and easy to consume like that. So when I produce them, I try to not make them more than 10 to 15 videos. I try to keep them short. And then I like to just honestly, quite honestly, take my audience along the journey that I went on when I was learning whatever it is that I am now teaching them. I like to think of myself as an entrepreneur, just 
one step ahead, not light years ahead, but just one step ahead of my audience. Like, hey, I just figured this thing out. Here's how you can figure it out. And so that's uh, it's kind of the mindset that I take into creating courses. What is your main source of information? How are you always staying above the competition? Are there certain podcasts you're listening, people you're following, events you're going to? What's your thought process there? There are a few uh, podcasts that I do like to listen to. And honestly, this is the one that I, I struggle with because I do podcast and people know I'm a podcaster and will ask me like, what other podcasts do you listen to? And quite honestly, I struggle. I don't listen to enough podcasts, but I do uh, watch quite a few YouTube videos and I follow a lot of, in fact, I'd probably follow all other experts in my industry. If there's someone who is predominant and expert and influencer, a leading thought innovator in my field, I will follow them on Instagram or on YouTube. Um, and I'm just constantly trying to learn and uh, get their feedback. And to be totally honest with you, a lot of my information comes not from the influencers, but from my audience. I value what my audience is telling me and what they're asking for 10 times more than I value some Instagram guru, quote unquote, who's telling me that, oh, I need to be doing this on Instagram. I'm just gonna ask my audience, what do y'all wanna hear? What, what, what do you want from me? What is it that you're constantly asking me? And so by listening to your audience and constantly asking them questions, you'll get a lot better feel for what the people want uh, than you know just listening to the biggest experts out there. But it is important to stay on top of trends and to uh, have mentors and have these people who do advise you. Yeah, that's great. Don't complicate something. What do you want from me? What do you yeah. want from me? <laughs> and just answer the prayers. So it's cool. I mean, you know, in terms of you, you figured out a way to drive traffic, you figured out how to build the course. Um, that's what plagues a lot of people. Just it's it's a process, you know, but breaking the process down into actionable items is what the most successful online course creators are doing these days. And if you can do that, even if it's how to pet your dog better than anyone else, there's someone that'll pay. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's something that you're providing value. And I love what you say. You always mention the word serving people. Uh and that's a huge paradigm shift I think a lot of people have to go through. And I think it's something mm -hmm. that I'm I'm still working at every day. You know, mm -hmm. waking up and saying, who am I serving? How can I serve more people? Can you kind of give me your input on what it really means to serve someone versus just providing information? Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate that. And, and I'm glad. I'm honestly really glad to hear uh, that that comes through in my work because that is a huge focus, if not the biggest focus that I have in all of this is I'm trying to serve and over-deliver. You know, Gary Vee has the book uh, Jab, Jab, Hook. And uh, it's it's kind of, there's this principle, and it's it's a big one. Um, <laughs> you have it right, right there? There. <laughs> there it is, Jab, Jab, Right Hook. There it is. And there's this big principle that's kind of in, in entrepreneurship and in online business and really just on social media, and that is I'm going to give you something, give you something, and then take something away. I'm going to give you something, give you something, take it away. I'm going to build you up and then take something. I'm going to make you fall in love with me so that I can get something from you. And I don't like that approach. I think, yeah, you can be successful. Yeah, you can grow a business. And yeah, it works. But I don't think it's that fulfilling for me on a soul level. I care a lot more about how my soul's doing than how my bank account is doing. And so I know that when I am over delivering for people, over serving, giving away stuff for free that most people would charge for and charging way less for things that people usually charge thousands of dollars for, it's very fulfilling for me. When I get messages on Instagram saying, this is the best course I've ever bought. This is the best money I've ever invented, uh, invested in myself. This is uh, following you, I've learned more than I have in years 
of reading these books or in taking these online courses, just from following me on social media, that means more to me than a paycheck or um, a, a bank balance. You know, I I really value serving people and also building relationships. Those are my two biggest focuses um, on social media. And I think that when we have those two focuses on social media, we'll grow much more organically and we'll have a whole heck of a lot more fun while doing it. So my two focuses are building relationships and serving everyone as much as I can. Right. Serving and building the relationships is huge and mm-hmm. not and not going into something. I think a lot of times and I, I find it a lot with podcasting in general is going into things without an agenda, you know, in the sense that yeah. you're just letting things happen. You never know where a conversation is going to come to. You mentioned in the live I just did on your Instagram that, you know, it could get discouraging reaching out to someone and them not responding. And, you mm-hmm. know, you're just kind of like, you know, fish in the water, fish out of water, just flapping uh-huh. around like what's going on. But the thing <laughs> is, you just never know. You got to keep throwing out Hail Marys. Eventually, one of them's going to get caught. Um, yeah. I like what you're talking about, just staying consistent, you know, failing fast. And for mm-hmm. you, it seems like I always, whenever I talk to entrepreneurs, they talk about a breakthrough. Like, is there like a certain maybe like breakthrough that for you, I know um, we have a mutual buddy, Bob Heilig. Uh, yep. Bob's actually going to be on the show next week. I'm stoked for that. Awesome. Love him. He's an awesome dude. And I knew him before he even did that course. He was one of my mentors in network marketing. It's amazing. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he talks about this thing called breakthroughs and he has this whole thing, Breakthrough Academy. Can yep. you attest to a certain time in your life where you think that you made that breakthrough moment where you're like, all right, I'm going to stop treating this like a hobby and treat this like a career. Yeah, I think that uh, there was a few for me, the really two that immediately come to mind. The first one was when I did launch my first ever online course, which was the first real business that I had ever owned. I had had tons of little tiny businesses, if you want to call that growing up. But this was the first real tangible business that was earning me an income. And so the day that that launched, and it was not a huge launch, but it was a relatively successful launch. Um that kind of opened my eyes to, wow, like this actually might be possible. I might actually be able to um, cut the metaphorical umbilical cord uh, that's financially tying me to my parents. I might be able to provide for myself and make myself a living just based off this small launch that I had uh, experienced. So if someone you know is scared to take that first step, I'll tell you, it's amazing. Even if someone's paying you $5 for a necklace that you made on Etsy, the feeling when you make your very first sale, when you have your very first launch is is really shifting. It, it really changes your view on a lot of things. And then honestly, uh, the second big shift that I experienced was when I hired my first virtual assistant and I saw immediately how I was able to serve so many more people and how my business immediately doubled. In that first week after hiring my virtual assistant, my business uh, made as much money as it did in the four months prior. So wow. in my initial four months, uh, I made X amount of dollars. And then in that one week alone, I, I equaled it. I basically doubled my income in one week after hiring my virtual assistant. And that was like, okay, yep, I'm keeping her around. I'm hiring more help. And I'm, I'm going to give this thing a real shot. I'm going to see if I can provide a life for myself based off this whole social media thing. I love your shirt, man. I'm just looking at it. It says, love everybody. Love everybody yep what's that brand oh uh, this is i'm not sure what brand it is i literally got this in the mail today from uh uh this is urban outfitters urban Outf- i love their shirts this is one shirt that i always have uh it's like a kermit the frog shirt and everyone loves it so i was like i'm gonna see what else urban outfitters has 
went online and they had this shirt. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, Brock, there's so much I'm going to pick your mind on in the future. And I'm just so grateful for, you know, the opportunity to connect with you. But uh, this is something that I, I love asking anybody that's out there making moves, making these goals happen. And it goes down to like, if you could have gone back in time and for you, I mean, you're only 21. For me, I got started in entrepreneurship when I was 20, um, had some great success when I was 21, learned a lot of lessons. So I know exactly like you're like, I, I think you as a human, you're like a 40 year old and a 21 year old's body like developed. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it can be overwhelming, exciting, and you feel literally on top of the world and that ego can quickly drain you. Um, mm-hmm. Before I get into the next question, have you ever fought that battle with ego? Yeah, I, I, I have. Uh, luckily for me, I have a really strong tie to my faith. So I think that keeps me pretty humble. Um, but I, I do sometimes, absolutely. And, and the whole viral fame on TikTok, uh, that's challenged it a little bit. Lots of uh, 15-year-olds DMing me hateful comments on Instagram. And I have to be like, all right, don't snap at these 15-year-olds. They're just little haters online. Just leave them alone. Uh, but yeah, I think that we all struggle with that. Yeah. Right. So what is those three, maybe one, two, or three things, if you could just go back in time and say mm-hmm. to maybe 16 or 17-year-old Brock that mm-hmm. would have saved you a ton of maybe time, money, personal yeah. growth, stress, maybe a mm-hmm. relationship, and you're like, all right, listen, homie, we only got like one to three minutes. Listen up. And you're like, yeah. well, you're like am I doing drugs? Like, If you, <laughs> if you listen to this advice, you might not do as many um, but what would you kind of say to yourself if you could have kind of gone back and, and just whispered something yeah if I could go back and, and talk to myself this is such a great question I think first I would say outsource and I know we've talked about this a few times now but outsource as soon as you possibly can Brock right now outsource give up as much control as you can of your business and allow other people to help you uh, that's probably the first thing the second thing is to really start to enjoy the process right now. I would tell myself, listen, down the road, you're gonna learn about finding joy in the process and you're gonna find joy. But right now you're stressing yourself out a lot. And so I would I would tell myself, advise myself to seek out what brings me joy in what I'm doing. Rather than doing something with the result in mind or with trying to be happy eventually in mind, focusing on the process and finding joy in that process. And then third, I would tell myself to get out of the relationship I was in. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Mic drops all today. Amen. That was a really, really good one. And and it's important to think about these things for everyone listening. You know, what would you tell yourself if you could go back in time? What would be the three lessons you would have definitely whispered to yourself? And maybe those three things are something you got to start sharing to the world. I challenge the listeners to this podcast to go on Facebook Live or Instagram Live and share with the world the three things you would have told yourself after hearing this podcast that would have changed and saved you a lot of time, money, mm-hmm. heartache, whatever it is, pain. Yeah. Um, you know, I challenge you. So, Brock, my man, it's been real. The last big, big bazoom of, of what we're all about here. Right now, you know, there's currently a somebody that, you know, and this is different for you because you're freaking, you know, 21 and you just skip this phase. But there's currently someone out there that's working a nine to five. Maybe they're making a ton of money, um, have an amazing lifestyle, and they're living the life of their dreams in what they thought was their dreams. But, you know, part of them just does not feel content. They don't feel fulfilled. They're not learning something. And then the other f- part is there's people out there doing something they hate. 
they they're just doing it because they needed a job. They looked on Craigslist or Indeed and just found a freaking job and doing yeah. it and like whatever you know. They might love their dog and their spouse, but work is just not fulfilling. In the back of their yeah. mind, they're listening to this podcast. They're thinking, "Why not me? Why can't I be the one that goes out there and makes a difference and changes lives?" And something's holding them back from just taking that first leap. What would you mm-hmm. say to that person that's right on the cusp of just making that first step into entrepreneurship? Yeah, I would say it's possible. Like it's absolutely possible. Like I have had so many roadblocks around along the way. In fact, it should be illegal for me to run a business as a college athlete. And in fact, my business was shut down for about four or five months while it was under investigation to make sure that everything I was doing was legal and that I wasn't accepting donor money. And so I am I'm running a business while being a college athlete. I still have a social life. I still have relationships. I still date. I still have friends and I still have tons of other interests that you don't know about on social media. And I still have a full life that I live that isn't on social media. So it is possible. I think it just goes back to where are your priorities? And if you wake up in the morning and you don't enjoy where you work or who you work with, it's a big sign that you need to get out of that industry because that is so much more important. Uh, fulfilling our souls is so much more important than fulfilling our bank accounts or a paycheck. I understand we have responsibilities. I understand we have bills to pay, but I would much rather be a joyful bum on the beach with no money than a stressed out billionaire. Boom. Amen. Mr. Brock Johnson, everybody, future president, 2055. Here he is. You heard it first. Get his autograph. We're, we're doing it. We're making moves. Uh, man, dude, I appreciate you so much jumping on. I appreciate your time. How can people follow you? How can people get more Brock Johnson in their life? I think, I well, first of all, I appreciate it. Uh, the best way to connect with me is Instagram. My Instagram name is Brock11Johnson. The 11's right there in the middle, Brock11Johnson. Hit me up. Uh, maybe tell you, tell me in the DMs, uh, you know, those three things that you wish you could go back in time and tell yourself, or maybe let me know what your favorite piece of today's episode was. Follow me, hit me up in the DMs, and I would love to build a relationship and see if I can serve you in some way. All right, man. Hakuna Matata. It's been real. Till next time. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.